0: welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the Future of Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK RadNet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely Patient and Public Involvement and Engagement Group. episode I'm joined by Indrani and Amy to talk about proton beam therapy, what it is and how does this impact treatment. In this series we include our patient representatives and on this episode we have Amy to ask the questions that you would want to know about and to give the perspective of the patient and the public. So I will introduce our guests today. So we've first of all we've got Dr. Indrani Bhattachary, our consultant clinical oncologist in Cambridge University Hospitals nhs foundation trust she has expertise in technical breast radiotherapy and clinical trials in radiotherapy quality assurance as well as the delivery of systemic therapies for breast cancer patients she's completed a three-year ciuk clinical trials fellowship and phd in the institute of cancer research clinical trials and statistics unit working with within the portfolio of the breast radiotherapy trials including import primetime studies and during this time she's worked on studies for patient reported outcomes and developed decision aids in collaboration with patients she's currently the patient reported outcomes lead for the UK breast proton parable study and is the local pi for parable in cambridge our next guest is amy she's our one of our patient and public involvement members with our radnet team and she had had treatment in the past for cancer of the salivary gland so that's just sort of behind the left near the pharynx and this tumour was removed by surgery. Amy had radiotherapy to reduce the chance of relapse and joined our group this year. With this podcast she wanted to learn a bit more about what proton beam therapy is and how it improved patients radiotherapy experience so welcome both of you.
1: Thank you Rachel for the introduction. Thanks Rachel.
0: start with the questions. So to start, Indrani, could we find out a little bit more about what proton beam therapy is?
1: So protons are a type of radiotherapy. So when patients have protons, part of the proton machine, called a gantry, directs proton beams at the area of the body that needs to be treated. And protons are tiny particles from the centre of atoms, and they can only be seen under a special microscope. So, when protons treat cancer, they produce a sudden burst of energy when they stop. So, by directing proton beams at a cancer and making them stop inside the tumour, they destroy the cancer and cause little damage to the nearby healthy cells. Now, protons are only suitable for certain types of cancer, and this includes some very rare types of cancers and cancers that are close to vital or very delicate parts of the body. And these are areas where it is important that we do as little damage as possible to surrounding healthy cells. So for adults, this includes cancers that develop at the base of the skull or near the spine. And for children, teenagers and young adults, the list is longer. So children who have any cancers affecting the brain or the spinal cord or in the head and neck, for these patients, protons may be suitable. So from 2008 to 2018, patients who needed protons would have had this treatment abroad, for example, in the United States or in Switzerland. However, we now have two NHS proton beam centres in the UK, in Manchester, um, the Christie Hospital and in University College London Hospital. And so now patients who require protons can have the treatment in the UK. I think it's important to highlight that the vast majority of patients do not need proton beam therapy and actually can be treated with standard photon X-ray based radiotherapy, which is highly effective. But we do now have a number of proton trials in the UK to see if protons may be suitable for some other groups of patients.
0: Thank you, Indrani. So, Amy, is this something that you've heard about before? Have you heard of proton beam therapy before?
2: I think i heard about it once in the news, but not in such great detail, and of course not the latest development about these centres in Manchester and also in london.
0: and as a you know a, a pest patient and member of the public what would what would you want to know about proton beam therapy?
2: There are a couple of things I would like to know more about this uh, proton beam therapy, but first of all, I guess most of our experience about uh, radiotherapy is about a room uh usually quite cold there's some kind of bed most people lie on this bed it doesn't matter which part of the body is being treated would the proton beam therapy be any different would there be a bed again in the room or would it be some kind of different kind of setup
1: that's a great question amy so i believe that The room that the room is similar in that you would be lying on a couch as you do in in for any other type of radiotherapy. What is slightly different is that the machinery required for protons are very different. So there's a there's a machine called a cyclotron, which is a huge machine, and and I believe that feeding off this you've got a couple of rooms, but actually patients can only be treated once at a time. So so it means, whereas in, in our radiotherapy departments, we are able to treat multiple patients at the same time, slightly different for protons. But in terms of the patient's experience, for example, lying down on the couch when you're having your radiotherapy planning and also the treatment, it should be quite similar, slightly longer perhaps. I think the planning scan is slightly longer and the delivery is slightly longer, but otherwise the experience is similar. That's interesting when you said
2: the delivery will be a bit longer because that actually relates to my second question. Um, One of the things I remembered from my radiotherapy days was the um, regular um, appointments that I had. So I had 30 sessions. It was almost like going to work Monday to Friday, six weeks in a row. First week was OK, second week still kind of OK. And then from the third week onwards, it was starting to feel a bit of a struggle. And I understand other people may need to travel far. Some people might be more frail. Maybe they're like uh, pensioners. Some people may just need to uh, get this out of the way quickly and return to work or care for elderly, care for the children. So I guess my question is, with this new technology, would there be a chance to reduce the number of sessions? So maybe not six weeks, but four weeks, would there be a possibility or right now we just don't know yet?
1: So I don't think that we can reduce the number of sessions because, I, because protons and say, if we call it photon radiotherapy, the standard radiotherapy, they're both delivering radiotherapy. So the dose and the fractionation would be the same regardless. The only difference really between protons and standard radiotherapy is that I mentioned earlier that when when we deliver the beam, what happens is that the dose is suddenly dumped at the the point of the tumor. And and really the difference is the side effects. So we would expect that there will be fewer side effects to your normal surrounding tissues. So the normal surrounding organs, With protons compared with photons. So, I believe that the the dose and the fraction, so the number of treatments, would be the same regardless of whether or not you have protons or standard radiotherapy.
2: I see. So, still going to work for six weeks in a row. That is not going to change. But it's very interesting when you mentioned that side effects are expected to be a lot less severe or reduced, uh, that's actually my, my next question. You kind of preempted my questions, Indriani. Um, so would the reduction in side effects be across the board or would some particular side effects be kind of uh, more um, kind of affected by this new therapy? Because like, for example, in my case, head and neck cancer, um, I had skin burn because of where the radiation enters my body. Uh, Hair loss, loss of saliva, uh, loss of voice, um, taste loss, uh, which is still the case right now, hasn't really fully come back. So would there be any difference between PBT, I mean, this um, proton-based therapy and uh, the more conventional radiotherapy?
1: So we, we think that there would be less side effects, but we don't know. And the reason we don't know is because we haven't done the trials yet. And there are actually a number of proton trials that are currently recruiting um, in head and neck. There's the torpedo study, and um, we'll probably mention the breast parable proton study later on. So at the moment, we don't know for certain. And I think we're going to need the evidence from the trials before we can say for sure. But I think the the expectation is that the side effects will probably be less, but we don't know. I see. Thank you. I look
2: forward to the results of the research and new, new data coming through because that will be really important for many patients going through radiotherapy. I would say that was the major thing that was very difficult about radiotherapy because it doesn't hurt when I was lying on—I call it a bed; you call it a couch, right? It doesn't hurt at all, but it was a side effect that really caused a lot of uh, problems.
0: Excellent questions, Amy. And you know, it's it's good to have that lived-in experience, like you say, to talk about the side effects and what what's important to you. And I know that, like Indrani said, a lot of the trials are looking to see how how these effects are in the short term, long term, you know, and especially when, like Adrani said at the beginning, with a lot of the younger patients that are going for protons, what is the the real long, long term effects of of proton beam therapy? And it's exciting to see that this technology is there and it's really good and, and you know, exciting the, the prospects of it, but the trials that are really going to give us the data that we need as well. So we see proton beam therapy in the news sometimes. Indrani, do, is there any myths that we could address in this episode that we we could, you know, that some of the patients and public might might have seen? Is there anything we could um, address? One
1: of the really important things to to bear in mind is that, um, in terms of giving the radiotherapy, protons are as effective as what are standard radiotherapy photons in terms of treating the cancer, so they're as effective, the difference is likely to be related to the side effects. So I think that's the, that's the key, key point. And also to remember that, I think I mentioned it already, but our standard radiotherapy is very good. It's actually highly effective. And I think that the vast majority of patients who have got cancer, for the vast majority of patients, standard radiotherapy is is a really good treatment. It's really for a select group of patients where protons may be may be suitable for, for that group of patients. And I think um, Amy alluded to it um, just now regarding, you know, what are the long-term outcomes? You know, we don't know for certain. So it's really important that we have good quality clinical trial evidence before we can say that in, in certain situations, Protons are going to be
0: better than, than, than photons. Thank you. And I think that's a really important point to make because what I didn't want with this episode is to say one is better than the other. It's a case of actually it's good to have so many different types of machine and so many different types of treatment that can treat many more people in more effective ways rather than just having one treatment fits all. We need to, you know, individualize and make things more personal.
1: Absolutely. I think that's that's the key, Rachel, is that it's about personalising treatment. So what is the best treatment for the individual patient?
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And is there any challenges that we might have with protein, proton beam therapy that we might face in the future or in, in the very near future with the two new centres?
1: Yeah, so um, as we've said, protons have not been in around as long as photon-based radiotherapy and you know researchers have been developing and refining conventional photon-based radiotherapy for many decades but protons haven't been around as long which means we don't have the same strong evidence base for this treatment to show which cancer it could offer benefits for and the few there's few long-term clinical studies to look for side effects so we, we're still waiting for for that information. And, and we've said that at the moment, there isn't any evidence that protons are more or less effective than Boton radiotherapy at treating cancer. We don't have that information. So well, there's two proton beam centres in the UK, in Manchester and in London. And so if, you, if protons are recommended for you, you'll need to travel to these centres for the treatment. And of course, that means being away from home for a number of weeks. So that is a really important um, consideration, because cancer treatment is life changing. And and, and on top of that, if you're having to be away from home, it's it's something that we do need to consider. But we have ways of supporting patients who do need to travel. Um, So for example, um, I believe that in each of the proton beam centres, there is accommodation um, for patients and a family member um, to help support Um, during that time. And and one other thing was that, of course, protons need very specific equipment. And I mentioned the cyclotron before. So the cyclotron is a 90 tonne massive machine and which generates the protons. Um, And actually, I think in London, it was a real... Um, It was a real feat getting that proton centre in the the middle of Tottenham Court Road, (laughs) you know, bang in the centre of London, constructing this proton centre. It's there, it's running. But that was that was not an easy job having having that uh, built there.
0: I imagine the traffic was horrific at that time (laughs) trying to get that in. Um, Amy, did you have any questions about what what challenges you might think of as a patient? I know we've mentioned the travel and accommodation. That's, that is a big thing. And I know that the the staff at the centres have really tried to, uh, I've been fortunate to go and look at one, and uh, they've tried to make it as nice as possible, but nothing's like home, is it? So is there anything you'd like to, to think of as a challenge, Amy?
2: I think the first time I heard about these two centres in the UK, in Manchester and London, the, one of the first things that came to my mind was like, what if myself or a friend needs to receive this kind of treatment, what are we going to do? Are we going to uh, rent some uh, hotels or whatever, a homestay for like six weeks or something? So it's really comforting to know that there would be accommodation on site. Like Rachel said, it may not be like the best of the best, but it's really, really nice to have on-site accommodation so we don't need to even travel far or even worry about taking public transport. Um, I understand some patients um, have mobility issues as well. So yeah, having on-site accommodation would be so useful. Um, it's also interesting to hear about these big gantries that need to be built uh, for this kind of setup. I just realized um when I was going through the um conventional um the, the standard radiotherapy, let's say, um, is already quite big, that machine. You know, it's almost like a big, I don't know what to describe it. Um Maybe not as big as an MRI machine, but it was still quite big, but at least it's not like taking up a few stories. I think that's what I, I saw on some of the, the, the NHS videos. So I would imagine if we are need, I mean, if the country is going to roll this out across different hospitals, for example, quite a lot of construction work needed to fit some of these big constructions to actually create these protons that can actually travel at high speed to treat these patients.
0: Definitely. And I think it will be a case of like we've got the Manchester and the London hospital. I would be I'd be very surprised if it was a case of we don't have that many radiotherapy departments. If you look across the amount of hospitals across the UK, the amount of those that have radiotherapy departments isn't as many as we've got A&E departments, for instance. However, I think it will be even less. For proton as well so it'll be a case of you'll have a big center and that will refer to lots of little, other little centers and come on in because of because the construction and the, the, the cost and everything would be quite substantial so that is a big challenge especially if you've got someone for maybe like the near the sort of in do we get people from Scotland referred through to Manchester? So yeah, if you've got someone, from so.
1: Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we've got someone from the Highlands of Scotland, even to say go to somewhere like Newcastle. They're still, you know, a fair distance. But even still, then to Manchester, it's 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 a long, long old journey, especially if you're not feeling particularly well as well. So yeah, that is one of the challenges of proton beams. But like we've said, we we we'll have to weigh the eventual benefits and risk the who would, who would benefit the most and, and things like that.
2: Sorry, Rachel, I I think I have another question for Indrani about this new therapy. Um, In my case, I had radiotherapy after operation to reduce the risk of the cancer coming back. But I understand many other patients have radiotherapy for other reasons. For example, with chemotherapy in parallel or radiotherapy as the main way to remove the cancer when surgery is not an option, and many other combinations as well. So what are the trials which are happening right now um, around PBT, this um, proton beam therapy? Are they mainly for, like my case, that reduces the risk of future cancer coming back? Or are we also looking at all these different combinations and different treatment options?
1: So we've got a number of proton trials running in the UK. So one of them is the TORPEDO trial, which is in head and neck cancer. It's looking at oropharyngeal cancers. And um, one of the other trials that I'm involved in is the UK PARABLE proton beam trial. So we opened PARABLE um, in just last month, actually and it's being led by Charlotte Coles, Anna Kirby, and Joe Haviland. And this trial is looking at whether protons may be of benefit in a group of breast cancer patients who might be at higher risk of heart-related side effects. So around 33,000 breast cancer patients per year need breast radiotherapy as part of their treatment. But for about 500 patients per year, radiotherapy may be more difficult due to the need to treat lymph nodes near the breast bone, Also, some patients' body shape can also make treatment difficult, and this may increase the small risk of serious heart problems many years later. So we want to compare protons with standard radiotherapy, which we're actually going to term tailored radiotherapy, which I'm going to come on to shortly, to see if protons reduce the predicted very small risk of serious long-term heart problems, whilst not increasing other more common shorter term side effects such as skin changes. So how do we know who's at risk of, of side effects to the heart? We can predict the potential small risk of developing long-term heart problems later in life from radiotherapy using information from the radiotherapy planning scan. And then we can estimate the average radiotherapy dose that your heart is likely to receive from that planning scan. And then we can use that information in addition to the patient's age and their other medical history to predict the potential small lifetime risk of heart problems in the future. So in patients who are found to have a 2% or more small lifetime risk of heart problems, these patients can be offered the study. And if you are uh, decide to go into the study, you'd be randomised to have protons in London or Manchester, or what we call tailored radiotherapy, which is actually the most sophisticated photon-based radiotherapy available in the world worldwide. So It would be the computer that randomly decides whether or not you have protons or what we call tailored radiotherapy. And the study is aiming to recruit about 192 patients. So we just open to recruitment. So it's quite an exciting trial at the moment for for breast cancer.
0: Thank you, Indrani. Yes, it's it's exciting because it's a it's one of, you know, something that I know has been working towards for many, many years to get this trial up and running. So it's really exciting to see see that come to fruition. So before I go on to the last question, Amy, did you have any other questions for Indrani at all?
2: No further questions for now. I'm just very excited for the future. Let's say if I catch another cancer, which is perfectly possible and related to the head and neck cancer, I can see the future is more positive.
0: Yeah, Thank you. So my last question, I'll start with you Indrani. Whereabouts do you see proton beam therapy being in the next five, 10 years?
1: Great question, Rachel. So I think that we've mentioned that there are a number of proton beam trials underway. And I think the results of these trials are going to be key to give us the evidence of what is going to be the role of protons in the future. Um, I think protons has got a role, but for certain groups of patients. And I think actually, it's just the parable trial illustrates that because actually, the PARABLE trial is not saying that everybody needs protons. It's saying that there may be a select group of patients who are at high risk of heart side effects who may benefit. So I think it's really about tailoring protons to those patients who really need it. Um, but actually, you know, we've got excellent photon-based radiotherapy available as well. Um, but I think it's an exciting space, but we, we do need the results of, of the trials.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And Amy, where would you like to see, if if anything, would you like to see sort of a proton beam therapy being in the future now that you've learned a little bit more about it?
2: Definitely. Thinking about stories about um, friends, children may have childhood cancers, sometimes in the brain, for example, or like what uh, Indrani was saying at the beginning, near some very delicate body parts. Um, I think it would just make radiotherapy sounds a little less scary because people always worry about, oh, I'm going to lose all my hair if if I'm going to have pain here and there, but not because of the the, um, radiation coming into the body, but because of the side effects. And of course, there are other advancements in cancer treatment apart from radiotherapy. So yeah, if you ask me for the next five to 10 years, I'm definitely more positive. And uh, of course, I can't say I'm going to wait for five to ten years to treat my own cancer because I would completely miss the boat uh, that way because uh, cancer treatment needs to be timely. So, yeah, whatever comes uh, in the next five, ten years. Um, if I have another cancer, I think I'll be more prepared for that and less scared.
0: Thank you so much for you both for joining and for answering all the questions. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you. Thank you.